and this is Was That Good For You, a podcast all about sex and relationships. We cover everything from kinks to long-distance dating and everything in between. Today's topic is spirituality in sex and relationships, and today's guest is... Uh, Megan. I go by Megan Rose. Um, I would describe myself as a modern mystic of sorts. I love that. (laughs) Um, I am a tarot card reader, a Reiki practitioner, meditation guide, yoga instructor, legitimately anything that falls under metaphysical or alternative wellness. I probably have some sort of certification in it. I love that. (laughs) You're a witch. A little bit. I love that. I mean, <laughs> the black is on, the wing liner is yes, on. Like, I kind of just have to the go red with it. Hair. Yes. Oh, it's perfect. pointed that out to me today. And they were like, I have been envisioning your red hair. And I was like, okay. <laughs> wow. And it was a woman, like somebody that was in one of my meditation classes. But I was just like, people are like meditating on my hair. <laughs> I guess that's witchy. That one time that we were in Montecito and you were sitting down with the sun shining on you, I understand her from that oh moment. Oh, my God. I understand her from that. I will <laughs> never forget that. Like, literally just, like, completely tripping on shrooms, like, yes. touching my body. And you're like, <laughs> you look like an angel. You and did. I cried. I was looking at you from across <laughs> the pool and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> it's so funny to me. I've had people say, like, you look like an earth angel. Yes. And I'm like, I think I need to get over my own, like, facial body dysmorphic issues. And because start seeing yourself as an earth angel. I'm like, angel? And, like, slowly <laughs> back my chair up. I'm like, no, no, not me. Oh, Sorry. It's amazing. It's all on brand. It's all great. There you go. Um, before we jump in, also, fun fact, Megan and I are roommates. New roommates, but roommates nonetheless. I love it. Very exciting stuff. Um, today's word of the day I thought was very fitting is tantric. Ooh. So tantric sex is this ancient Hindu practice. It's been practiced for over 5,000 years, uh, and it means the weaving. It, it actually technically means the weaving and expansion of energy, which I didn't know, which is super cool. It's a slow form of sex that's said to increase intimacy and create a mind-body connection. I didn't realize how many like how-tos there are online when oh I was God. like Googling the exact definition of this word. Yes. There's like YouTube videos and books and articles. And I'm going to be honest, I don't fully like understand it because I've never like dove in before. But it very much piqued my interest. Yes. It's funny because my one of my closest friends now, or at least dearest, um, is also my mentor. And he is a tantric guru, like seventh generation straight from India. Um, and he was like the first person that I really connected with as a guru, like a spiritual guru, but like has slowly developed into this really beautiful friendship, um, and is actually writing a book now on Tantra, um, does workshops on Tantra. And I kind of approached it the same way that a lot of people approach meditation, where it just felt so disconnected and almost like hierarchical in a way. Yeah. And I was like... I don't get it instead of exploring it. Yeah. But to me, and again, going back to this, it's kind of like meditation where it's like you're legitimately just weaving spirituality into the practice of sex. Right. Which is something that I've partaken in for years. Yeah. And just had no idea that it's unique in the way that any type of relationship with anything or anyone is. It's like there's no rule book necessarily for for Tantra. It's just like is this spiritually awakening both you and your partner? 
So is Tantra specifically for sex or is it like a whole like relationship thing? Like what does a workshop entail? So it's funny and I am like so beyond the wrong person to ask and I'm probably butchering this. So I'm so sorry to anybody you out there that partakes. You know better than I do, partakes. so. <laughs> um, but it, it's more just the workshop is explaining it. Okay. But I don't think that Tantra has to be like penetrated sex. Right. Like I think it can just be intimate sharing of, like you said, energy and spirituality. Yeah. Like the weaving of those two things. Right. Um, and when you look at it like that, it's like, am I like in like Tantra with my girlfriends and like yeah. with people that I just like sit and like look at and it am in awe Like in like of. a very deep intimate conversation yes. with or something like that, which like sometimes can be more intimate than actual sex. Completely. And I mean, how, how many times have you heard or at least explored this idea that like sex can legitimately be a solo act even when there's two people involved? Yeah. And, oh like, my God, absolutely. I mean- Going back on the sexual partners that I've had, I'm like, yeah, no connection there. Yeah. Like, you're inside of my body, but I have no connection yeah, to you. Yeah, it's purely physical. There's yeah. nothing emotional. There's nothing spiritual. There's no, like, energy exchange. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. It's funny because I saw a tweet the other day, and the first half of the tweet started to make... You know when you, like, start to read something and you're already angry? <laughs> 100%. And the first half of the thing. tweet was like... um, all these people running around having sex with tons of people. And my, of course, my immediate instinct was like, oh, what are you about to say? It's going to piss me off. I was like, going to say. Don't slut shame, whatever. Yeah. But then she she goes, she goes, do whatever you want. But all I'm saying is you're t- you're feeding on off that person's energy every time you have sex. So make sure you're doing it with, with the right people, at least. And I was like, uh-huh, oh, I actually, okay, I don't know how I feel about that now. You know what's so funny, too, is... One of my last corporate jobs that I worked, I became very close friends with this woman named And she is, I want to say, 25 years older than I am. Um, And so much farther down in her spiritual path than I was at that point. Of course, like, I'm working as a receptionist at, like, a private equity firm. Yeah. I was (laughs) lost. Yeah. Completely lost. Um, And she was talking to me because I had just gone through a breakup at that point was seeing this Peruvian guy, like, t- coming in, telling her, I'm like, you know, I I want something more with this person, yeah. but he's clearly just, like, off, running around, rampant, doing his own thing. And she warned me of that same thing, but she brought it up in the way of genetic material being expelled into your uterus. <laughs> that and sounds so much more terrifying when you say it that 100%. way. 100%. <laughs> like, it sounds straight out of a sci-fi movie, like all of a sudden there's going to be this, like, alien explosion <laughs> in your womb. And I was like, okay, where is this going? Yeah. Um, and she was like, no, but you think about it, like, genetic coding and whatever he's gone through, whatever familial um, generational trauma yeah. he's been through is now living inside of your body and being, like, absorbed by your body. Oh and I was like... First, I don't know why, but that just made me feel physically ill. That's what I'm saying. I was like, oh, no. Like, one of those conversations wow. that... I think even if I ever had Alzheimer's dementia was losing my fucking mind, yeah. I would be like, told me one time about <laughs> genetic material being expelled into my uterus. And I was just like, fuck, yeah, I will never forget that. That's something that sticks that. with you for sure. It's going to stick with me now forever. Okay, well, I guess it's like not a bad thing, though. <laughs> you just really expelled that into me, to be honest. <laughs> I'm going to start using that term. But it's, that's, it makes so much sense. 
Like that you, because like I have noticed before when I've had like um like a casual hookup or something, I don't even have to know the person that well to like know if they're like dealing with something or they're in a bad place. It's and intuition. like even if the sex is good and even if it's like intimate, even if they're not like a bad sexual partner, I felt like icky after for lack of a better word yeah. and I couldn't really pinpoint why yeah. and it could absolutely be something like that where it's like the the energy that like was just like thrusted into me yeah literally was not was off it was wrong yeah and I mean energy cannot be created or destroyed like yeah. this is the one of the most fundamental principles that we have lived our whole human experience off of so to say that sex is somehow isolated from that notion yeah like, that's ignorant. Especially considering sex is like the oldest thing yes. we've ever done. It's <laughs> yes. like it's like the one thing that has stayed true to animals and humans, whatever we've done. It's like the one thing. So yes. that makes a lot of sense. Um, I wanted to ask you, do you feel like since you've like dove really – when did you – how long ago did you like really dive into like spirituality and wellness? Okay, so this is kind of at odds with what I just said um, where like the true breakthrough moment for me was probably – three years ago, okay. like very shortly after I moved out to L.A. Got it. But I would be discrediting so much of what led me to that point if I said it was really when I was 22. Um, when I was like 11 or 12 years old, I started going to yoga classes with my aunt. Okay. So it was my dad's sister. She lived right up the street, and she was always like the fun aunt. Like yeah. I, I remember telling my mother, like, I wish it was my aunt. I'm like, <laughs> A, fucked up. As an only child, my poor mom. Um, <laughs> but she would take me to yoga classes that were facilitated by instructors who were also Reiki practitioners. Okay. Which is somewhere where I find myself now. And I feel like those practices are so intertwined. Like just the science of life is yeah. really all encompassed. And why it's so hard for me to describe what I do for work because it, it really is all of these things. Right. Um, but she would bring me to yoga and I remember like not really understanding anything other than the fact that this woman's hands were on my head. Okay. But I felt so aligned and so released from stress and worry and self-doubt. Even at that age? That young. Wow. Um, and just being like, I don't know what that was, but I'm going to keep rolling with it. Yeah. And kind of in the same way with crazy conversations, it's like, some things just sit with you. Yeah. And at 11 years old, like that seed was planted where I was like, I need to get into this. Yeah. I mean, I grew up in an extremely conservative part of the country, yeah. um, which now has flopped into a red state. It was like <laughs> my biggest, worst heartbreak. Yeah. <laughs> like worse than any breakup. I was just like, <laughs> no. no. Yeah. Um. Like and then Florida, I understand. Right. <laughs> and it's just these like wavering states where you're yeah. like, people are afraid to admit that they're like misogynistic, racist, oh yeah, hateful people. Mm -hmm. But then they will like go and vote and be just that. Yeah. So um and also from a very religious background. Okay. Family wise. So my parents didn't impart Catholicism on me, but both sides were Extremely Christian and extremely Catholic. Wow. And I mean, they shrouded me enough from that that I honestly couldn't tell you what the difference was. Okay. Um, but wanted to, like, please both sets of grandparents of all course, the time. So course. it was like my mom would secretly bring me to, like, palm readers. <sighs> and I remember being so young and being like, 
um, am I going to pass my summer reading test at the beginning of the year? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) Like that, again, it's like just practitioners and mystics that were open enough to like allow me that experience yeah and be like no you're gonna be fine or you know whatever that I was like it's really not even the practice it's just giving people a safe space yeah and being as like queasy and blood shy as I am um I was like I want to help people but I can't like cut people open and shit Yeah, yeah 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 so um, I would say those things led up to it. And then my early 20s were really when I just like dove in, like bought a one way ticket out to L.A., packed a Amazing. single suitcase. Oh, hell yeah. Came out here and couch surfed for two weeks mm-hmm. and then found a job and I never left. Yeah. Um, and it allowed me being in this very like free form, liberated, accepting in the way that there's so many of us in L.A. Yeah. That... It's like people could be doing whatever and it's like nobody cares. Yeah. Like there's way too like, many cool, other things to focus yeah, on. Yeah, honestly. Um, Versus if you were in your hometown, it's like it, people just have nothing better to do but like obsess over what other people are doing that they like yes. don't understand. Fully. <laughs> and I mean, we were talking about this last night, like even coming to terms with the fact that I'm attracted to women. Yeah. I was like, I can't talk about this. Right. Like, everybody's going to know. Like, yeah. my parents are going to find out if I tell my friend because her dad is friends with my dad. And, like, it's it was just a spider web of shame. Yeah. And I was like, I got to get out. That's a perfect way to describe hometowns as a spider web of shame. But same. Yeah. I, didn't co- I didn't, like, come to terms with, like, my queerness or even, like, start talking about it openly until I moved to L.A. And yeah. I was like, oh, it's so chill. It's this is great. Yes. But it's so funny to me, even like the very limited knowledge that I have of you as a human being and the short span of time that our forms have been aware of one another. Like you just strike me as someone that has like always been this way, like always been confident in like whatever you are and whatever you do and whoever you partake in. Yeah. So. I mean, it's comforting in the sense, I mean, I'm sure there are people on both sides of our stories that are like, I just would have assumed she was always like that. Yeah, right? Oh, definitely. Because it, like, it becomes like, once you like accept who you are, and especially in a place like LA, it's very accepting, it really just becomes your whole self. 100%. And like your old selves really do kind of die. Yes. And so the like even like remembering who I was like six years ago, it's like, oh, that person's a stranger to me. Absolutely. And it's like, And this is another thing that I'll say about spiritual work is that once you get a taste of your truth Mm -hmm. and once you get a taste of being in alignment, it's like you just can't go back. It's like eating filet mignon versus eating a McDonald's burger. And I'm just like, I'll mourn my past. Like I'll grieve that, mourn that, put it to rest. Um, But I just can't like rightfully go back to being that way and being so oppressed by my own fear. Yeah. So do you feel like since you've kind of like become like your true self and like like I said, like dove into like this life of like spirituality and stuff, do you how do you feel like that's affected your relationships? Well, I mean, you can ask anybody that I've been with uh, the difference between 16-year-old Megan mm-hmm. and 25-year-old Megan is, like, a light years yeah. away. Yeah. Um, I admit this only with the hopes that, like, somebody out there that feels uh, crazy and out of control of their emotions and, and their reactions to life will 
feel like, oh, okay, I have the right to change and let that go. Yes. Um, I would like go through breakups and key my boyfriend's bike. Oh, shit. Would get drunk and like sleep with one of his friends. Right. Like just totally act out. Awful. Yeah. Like terrible, manipulative, nasty behavior. Yeah. And it was all rooted in having anxiety and not dealing with it. Mm-hmm. But anxiety in and of itself from a spiritual format is just living too much in your future. Wow. And all of it comes back in depression, like living too much in the past. And we talk about that in like a yogic perspective as well, where if you're up in that rajastic, anxious, high energy. Yeah. Um, or if you're in that sattvic, like low depressive energy, you're missing the middle ground. Right. Like you're missing the ability to be balanced which is where you're supposed to be right so it's like I look back on that behavior and all it was was my inability to be present right and again this is not to say that even in my current state that I'm immune in some way to lessons um and fucking up right of course royally fucking up right um (coughs) but it is to say that I'm at least able now to hold myself accountable Mm -hmm. and learn lessons from the things that I'm going through right? um, versus just snowballing and going on these tirades and falling deeper and deeper into this hole of being a nasty person. Yeah. Especially in a romantic sense. For sure. We're going to take a quick break and then we'll jump back in. I feel the same way, though. I feel like before, and I'm obviously not as much in that world as you are, but even in the little sense that I am, which is just understanding that energy is a real thing and that um, like putting out negative energy is going to bring negative energy into your life and like meditation and karma and things like that. Just even in that small sense, I feel like I am, like you said, an absolutely different person in my relationships. Like if you asked my last guy I dated in Florida versus the guy I'm dating now, they'd have very different, they'd be talking about two different people. 100%. You would think. And it's like, again, going back to this, like, you grieve it and you mourn it Mm -hmm. because I think people forget as well and this is such a huge principle that I use in my meditative practice with people is that even really good change is still traumatic to the human mind yeah so if we are going through a move getting a new job dating a new person I mean cleaning out your closet and buying a bunch of new clothes it's like you're shedding part of your identity And as much as we want to live in this black and white version of happy is good and sad is bad, um, emotions just don't work that way. Yeah. Energy doesn't work that way. Doing this work does not work that way. I can't tell you how many times I thought that I had mastered something Mm -hmm. in my growth process and then was faced with the same thing and fell again. Yeah. So it's like, you know, even in the relationship sense, it's like, I, you know, don't want to be sleeping and trying to date or sleeping with and trying to date some like deadbeat. Right. Um, And then it's like you want to believe the best in people and you meet somebody and they seem great and they approach you in a well-mannered way and they're opening your car door and they're buying you flowers and they're taking you to the nicest sushi spot Mm -hmm. in L.A. And you're like, oh, okay, like he's fine. Like all of these red flags don't matter. And it's like, no. (laughs) bitch, you're completely evading all of the spiritual growth that you have gone through up until this point to say my intuition and my gut feelings are so much more important than what somebody is portraying to me. Yeah. 
especially in a courting yeah. sense. And I feel like especially, too, when it comes down to that, my intuition and gut feelings have become so much stronger. Yes. And also so much more accurate. Yes. Like versus when I was younger, I did an episode on gut feelings, and one of the things we talked about was like being able, as you get older and as you become more self-aware, being able to understand the difference between insecurity and self-sabotage and a gut feeling and being able to differentiate those. Because a lot of times when you're younger, I think you think they're the same thing. 100%. Um, Especially like in my past, I've been a very like flight person when I'm scared in a relationship. And I'll, Mm. I will take like a quote unquote gut feeling as like, I need to get out of this when really it's just my insecurity or like fear of the unknown or something like that. Self-sabotage. Yeah, self-sabotage. And I think as I like go on my own spiritual journey, I am starting to become like more aware of that and starting being able to like hone it and really understand it in the right way. Um, There's this energetic emotional scale Mm -hmm. that I go off of um, that I actually learned from Gabrielle Bernstein, super attractor. Um, And it's like a 24 point scale system. Okay. Um, But when you compare that to like very uh, original or early notions of energy, it's like a spiral upward. So you think about your intuition in that way. Yeah. And it's like if you're trusting it more and you're giving to it more, it's only going to be able to make this upward motion. Yeah. Um, and get you to a place of higher consciousness. I mean, being a Reiki practitioner, it's like completely what I work with with people. And it's like you start to understand like low vibrational energy at yeah. the bottom, like in your root chakra. And it's like if you're – not feeling stable and worthy um, and you have your basic needs met, it's typically very difficult for you to then, you know, work on your higher vibrational energetic centers. Got it. Um, So you have to like kind of deal with the lower ones before you can continue up. Kind of. The way that I describe it to people is like a river. Okay. And it's like the beginning and the end of the river don't really hold any difference in value if you think of it in that way. Yeah. But if there's a blockage at the beginning of the river, the rest of the river is not going to flow. Right. Like wherever you put this dam or this blockage Mm -hmm. is kind of where it has um, like a stopping point. Yeah. So it's like. And you think about it with Maslow's hierarchy as well. Like, I think a lot of our spiritual practices and principles really do align with psychological scientific principles as well. Yeah. Um, And people forget that it's all just verbiage. It's all just the words that we're picking and the things that we're believing in. It's the same thing. Yeah. So it's like you think about it with Maslow's hierarchy and it's like if your basic needs are not met, how are you going to self-actualize? Right. Can you explain for people who don't know um, what Reiki is? Yes. Um, Oh, God, I do this every Sunday afternoon. (laughs) There's always, like, that one person that's new to the class. And they're like, I've never had Reiki done. Right. And they, like, like, sign up for it. And they're like, I don't know what this is. Right. (laughs) And it's like, I love lifting the veil for people. Do not get me wrong. But I forget that my broken record is like brand new for somebody else and very exciting (laughs) yeah so I kind of brief it like Reiki is a form of energetic healing okay Reiki energy is in and of itself universal healing and loving energy that we all have access to but as an attuned practitioner my job when I'm working with someone is to use my body as a vessel or a conduit between this universal loving energy and the body and the individual energetic 
channels of the person that I'm laying my hands on or okay. covering my hands over. Okay. Um, so it's it's almost uh, exacerbating the travel from the universe through my body into this person's energetic channels Got to it. bring them back into alignment. Got it. Um, what I like to tell people too, and of course remind them of, is that I'm not healing you. I'm allowing you to tap into healing energy to heal yourself. Yeah. Um, but of course, like when someone's hands are placed on you in a loving manner and you're doing so with such a pure intention of taking away like who I am and who you are, yeah. an example, um, to, to give someone balance and clearing of blockages and clearing out stagnant energy um, – I think that physical touch with pure intention is so comforting to people. Absolutely. My and, God. Yeah. Going and, back to being a child and being like pressed to your mother or whatever. Fully. And it is. It's so innate within us to want this. Mm-hmm. Um, and as somebody that's gone through abuse and trauma myself, right. it's like relearning what touch is um, and creating a positive relationship with it yeah. is so important. So if I can give that to someone even just for a moment, Mm -hmm. whether it's a couple of minutes in a class of 25 people or it's working one-on-one with someone for 60 full minutes, um, that's all I could hope for is that I can use this practice to allow people to feel loved and feel supported and feel safe in their journey to bring themselves back. Yeah. Do you feel like doing that for a living has made you like a better partner and a better lover or do you ever feel like you give so much energy to that that it's hard to give to one specific person on a more personal level it's kind of a combination of both of those things okay um I found myself kind of my big lesson in 2019 was taking away um, the power and the blame that I was putting on other people for draining my energy. Okay. And realizing that it was my own issue with boundaries. You know, like yeah. I legitimately hold space for a class of anywhere between 18 and 30 people wow. once a week. Yeah. Um, and then to to go back, like I was recently, you know, seeing this guy and it's like you go back and it's like I'm just so – dead I'm yeah tired yeah um and I even told my Reiki master on my last attunement like that I was doing this work on a weekly basis and she was like I mean just understand this is like the difference between somebody doing like a light jog once a week and somebody running a triathlon right. like you need to prioritize right. self-care and not just like bubble bath bullshit like <laughs> self-care but like real what do I need to eat to nourish my body? What do I need to ask the universe to bring back to me, whether this is joy or balance or alignment in my own right? Yeah. Um, and not feeling afraid to take time alone. Because for a very long time, and I think that was part of my spiritual awakening um, and what helped me with relationships so much was like codependent behavior yeah. and emotionally abusive behavior mm-hmm. and controlling behavior do not constitute true love. God, no. But when you're young, you really think it does. 100%. Like, I feel like the media has very much taught us that that's what love is. I mean, yeah. th- this is, like, a shitty example, and I, I will say I actually love, like, the, the books. I don't – okay, I don't love the books. I did love the books when I was a kid. But, like, Twilight. Twilight. Yes. <laughs> yes. I know It's it. like yes. like Twilight. As a kid, I was like, oh, man, I want a guy who wants to kill me, but, like, right. won't. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like, you'd think, like <laughs> – 
this that like brooding, you're like dark tension. Uh, this like guy who like is very controlling, and like if you look back as like an adult at some of like the behavior in that, it's like oh, this is terrible. Like him like tracking her phone, oh or my like God, it's awful. Following her to her friends' houses and shit. But I've had guys that did that, right? And when I was younger, I I was like, oh, he loves me, right? I thought that was okay. I'm Bella. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, okay, I'm Bella, you're Edward. And now it's like, oh, no, you're a crazy person and I'm a victim. Crazy. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, also putting yourself in the victim seat, too. Like, it's just like you're – and this is what I'm saying where meditation changed my life in the way that it allowed me to to take a moment, take a step back, evaluate what was going on. And, I mean, even with the conversation that we had last night, it's like sometimes you constitute people's – abusive behavior as oh they're just really hurting because they love me so much right yes absolutely no like (laughs) and thank you to nature for like allowing me to go outside for an hour and be like oh yeah no no that's not cool so just meditation is not laying down and putting on chanting music and wearing mala beads around all the time like you don't have to go that far down the rabbit hole right to just take time to implement mindfulness and self-awareness practices into your daily life yeah because that's what's most important and it's the same thing with yoga yoga is not just the physical asana practice it's what you take off the mat and implement in your life right um this might be a dumb question not at all but i've seen in the past like couples yoga or like like sexual like practices in certain sense Mm -hmm. of yoga and I've never I I only have only taken yoga as a very like like at random times and stuff like that I I haven't like gone full force so I don't know what is like the correlation between yoga and I guess like intimacy um I mean again it's like the practice of yoga is clearing your mind okay sitting bringing stillness yeah um, doing the physical practice and what that teaches you. Yeah. Um, like getting yourself to the point of discomfort where you learn how to sit in that, sit in the fire. Yeah. Um, and know the difference between that and suffering. So it's like, I mean, with partner yoga, it's like you're allowing yourselves to kind of step away. Yeah. Like, I, it, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, you're talking about doing the physical practice with yes. your partner? Yes. Okay. So, like, if you're doing partner yoga, mm-hmm. it's like, think about it in this way. Your phones are off and away from you. Yeah. You're making eye contact. You're trusting one another to support each other in certain practices, yeah. especially, like, if you're doing partner acro yoga. Yeah. Um, and how beautiful and meaningful is that yeah. to the way that you're bridging intimacy with somebody else? It's wow. like, I trust you. Right. I see you. Yeah. I want to spend this time with you. Yeah. Like there's nobody else in this world that I'm doing this with. Right. Other than you right now. Yeah. And again, like even with the discussion of polyamory, it doesn't mean that you can't also want to do yoga with other people. Right. Like you can't yeah. also bring somebody else to partner yoga. Yeah. Um, but I, to me, it's like there is nothing more special than the ability to just like sit and make eye contact with someone. Yeah, absolutely. And be like – we're all going to fucking die someday. Like, I just want to stare into your eyes and, like, oh my tell God, you I, I love, love that. You. That's so romantic. And this is, like, literally where I struggle because I think that type of deep 
like intense way of looking at things yeah. all the time. And I, I do this all the time. <laughs> like I'll start crying in my car and being like, fuck, like I'm going to die one day. I won't I won't be able to drive my 2010 Ford. Like how sad is this? <laughs> oh. um, but like being in a relationship with somebody like that. Yeah. I've had people tell me like, I can't give you what you give to me. Wow. Uh, like I physically, because emotionally cannot. Because you want that cannot. intense connection. And that is hard. That is hard to get, especially in L.A. I, I mean, L.A. is a beast. Yeah. L.A. is a beast in the fact that it sucks you in. And it's like anything else that's super stimulating. Yeah. Like think about why people get hooked on coke. Right. It's like I leave now. And I cry immediately as soon as the plane takes yeah, off. Yeah, I get very upset when I leave. I get very I get very uncomfortable. Yep. I very much feel like a need to be back. Yeah. I feel it's like FOMO. Yeah, it's, I was nothing. I was gonna say it's almost like a like a an internal, like deep rooted FOMO. For sure. Like FOMO feels even like too chill of a word. One hundred percent. I guess it's kind of like an addiction. It is. To like that stimulation. I had somebody ask me recently, are you addicted to anything? And I legitimately said, living in this city, my phone, and caffeine. I could say all three of those as well, for sure. Maybe validation. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, if we're really going to go yeah. there, validation, <laughs> for validation for sure. Validation for sure. Like, just tell me how, like, pretty and amazing right. and, like, nobody you've ever met before that I am. Right. And I'm trying to break ties with that. Exactly. Like, I mean... There's some, like, weird scientific claim that there's seven people on this planet that look identical to you. Okay. So take that away. Your looks don't mean shit. There's right. seven there's other people who look so seven much Seven other like people you. that yeah. look just like you. Um, and this is kind of how I've started describing it. Like, snowflakes, and not even in that cheesy way of, like, we're all different, we're all special, we're all unique. But, like, I have my own makeup of traits, memories, energetic makeup yeah the way that I approach the world and I don't think there's ever one like perfectly aligned person that also has those things right but having all of those things allows you to connect with so many other people yeah and I think that's kind of why I've started questioning monogamy right because I'm like if I'm are you meant to only give that to one person your whole life right when there's seven billion people on the planet right that fucks me up. <laughs> um, I read a quote when I was doing research for this article, for this article, for this um, episode, and I wanted to see your thoughts on it. It said, and it very much stuck with me. I'm going to keep this in my notes. Sexuality is our spirituality in physical form. I would agree with that because think about who you are as your shadow self as well. Yeah. When we're looking at the yin and yang, uh-huh. I'm not going to lie, like – there have been points in my life where I loved one night stands and right. I loved just hooking up for fun and right. loved having friends with benefits um, and loved having people, you know, like treat me in a way that isn't like good long term. Right. But it fed a certain part of me. Uh-huh. So it's like in that way, take the physical vessel out of the equation and it's almost like that dissociative notion that you get when you're on shrooms yeah. um, where you fully understand, oh, my God, I'm not this. Yeah. Like, I'm not this. Yeah. This is just meant for me to experience everything. That is – I had this same thought the very first time I did shrooms. I was like, oh, my God. Like, this is literally just a body. 
and yeah. this is like like you said I, I was like this is not me right this is a thing yeah a, it's like a water bottle it's no different Oh, I love it's that. the same thing. There yes. is literally no better or worse than this body and a water bottle. For sure. Wow. So interesting. Um, it's it, And for some reason, I don't know why it made me think of this, but I think it's because it happened recently. Um, there's obviously nothing wrong with purely physical sex and sex with anybody you want. But I think, and I don't know if this is, uh, yeah, actually, I could say this. I think especially for women, we, I know most women have at least once in their life had like a very intense orgasm mm-hmm. that turned into something emotional. Like even not with that person, but like there's a reason why women like cry, right? Like during orgasms or like yes. have this like ex- this like moment right afterwards of like clarity or this like out of body experience. And I feel like that goes so much with this quote about just like spirituality and sex being kind of like one and the same thing. The other night, and I were having sex and I had a very intense orgasm and afterwards I like I made that you know like I'm about to cry like I almost and I, and he like thought it was because something was wrong right. and I was like it's absolutely not if anything it's something great I can't explain it but I very much feel like crying right now and I can't explain why yeah at all but I just like it just like I just like felt the need to like purge tears yeah and I don't understand why I mean if we're getting like fully TMI in this like (laughs) and I I feel so bad too like you know living together and trying to bridge that gap but like me and my vibrator like we don't go anywhere without one another no same (laughs) honestly I'm like at home and I want to say I was alone the other night and just like had this crazy intense orgasm and I'm like starting to get to the point where I'm like I just like I need to explore like squirting and like going there and being fully uninhibited like I feel like there's something still blocking me like I'm like I refuse to say that I will never be able to experience that right I think it's possibly because we both grew up because I have the same thing um with religious undertones (laughs) like just let me come in peace (laughs) so so um just like had this crazy insane orgasm okay put it back in the drawer yeah And laid in bed and cried for, like, 10 minutes. And I was like, wow, fuck, I love this. (laughs) I love this life. Yeah. And I think, like, again, being a very naturally codependent person, realizing in that moment with full-blown clarity, I don't need anybody else to feel this euphoric. Absolutely. And that's why I think – um, like women who don't masturbate often or haven't or haven't explored themselves sexually, it's so important for me. Yeah. It's so important to me that they do experience that, 100%. especially for women, because I think naturally we just are more co- codependent yes. and emotionally and stuff like that. And that is something that you, that experience that you just described, you only get when you explore yourself sexually. I feel like not only, but like it's very important to understand that you can make yourself feel that way. Yeah. Um, it makes you feel powerful. Yeah. I mean, you use the analogy of, like, if you grew up in a town and you walked around that town, like, every day, yeah. you know where the best sandwich shop is. You know where the drugstore is. You know how to get back home. Yes. Like, it, it's, like, landscaping yeah. or, like, understanding it in a mapped out way. Right. And I feel like without that, that being masturbation and also living in that tiny hypothetical town, yeah. how could you – how could you walk – a partner around that town 
Right. How could you let them know where the best sandwich right. shop is and where the drugstore is and how to get back home? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I want to know my body and what makes me come and what makes me feel pleasure Ab- in my sexual experiences more than anybody else and I don't want anybody to take that power away from me. Of course not. Of course not. And then on the opposite spectrum when you do find somebody that you want to share a small bit of that with you want to be able to to explain that to them and to have them understand. With confidence. And they never will if you don't even know. So. Fully. Yeah. It's funny I also on the topic of like masturbation and like knowing yourself I've had girlfriends who have been like open to the idea of exploring other women they don't necessarily fully identify as queer but they aren't sure um and I hear this all the time where it's like I'm so scared to like go down on a girl because like I don't know what I'm doing and blah 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 and I was like no dude like you know what you're doing like you don't realize until you're in the moment that you like like not that you don't like need practice but like you know what you're doing like you know vagina's arguably better than you know penises like so (laughs) for sure and I mean going back to spirituality that's intuition right yes like tying that all back together it's like and that's what I love about the female experience and why I have this attraction to other women because it's so nurturing and loving and it's like you understand yes there's an unsaid understanding absolutely and I think that entices me more than like somebody's ass and tits right entice me it's the fact that I feel like I don't have to explain who I am right you understand each other on a spiritual level right absolutely I think that's a good place to end I can't believe 40 minutes went by that fast that was the fastest 40 minutes of my life Wow. I told you it's not that scary, right? Once Thank you're you. doing it. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. I'm like, oh, but now I'm realizing how quick time is flying by yeah. and I'm having an existential crisis again. <laughs> <laughs> and that is how my podcast goes. <laughs> uh, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, please leave it a good rating. Write some words. Um, it really helps me out. If you're watching on YouTube, like this video and subscribe for more. If you want to be on an episode, if you want to give me a future topic, if you want to give me your thoughts, if you want to ask me an advice question, feel free to call me at 424-245-5102. If you don't want to call me, you can also email me at WTGFYpodcast. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. Thank you guys. Thank you.